This is Paul Davy, Yield Point Specialist for Egg Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHF Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick, along with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have updates from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor as well. There is some light snow showing up on radar this morning in the central Red River Valley. The National Weather Service expects a band of snow to develop this afternoon and move quickly to the east. Total snowfall in eastern North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota will likely be in a range of one to two inches. Strong winds will result in blowing and drifting of snow tonight and through midday tomorrow. The United States has faced unstable weather, including massive rains on the west coast and tornadoes in Texas and Louisiana. Nutrient Ag Solutions Ag Atmospheric Scientist Eric Snodgrass says that impacts our region. When the jet stream targets California, the northern plains tends to be on the northern and drier side of that. Thankfully, we did get a few systems that came through South Dakota, southern North Dakota, and then into Minnesota that dumped a bunch of snow. Uh, but to be honest, I'd, I'd like to see a whole lot more of it. A good cold winter with a lot of snow is a great thing for the you know, for, for, for the soil health in the northern plains. Uh, but then you're right, the southern plains, even though there was snow that was just had on it, it doesn't undo the long-standing drought issues that are there, which means we're going to be talking about that drought. I'm talking Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Colorado, even into parts of Nebraska. That's still going to be on the table, likely going into March and April of this year. So whenever there's drought to our south, we know it can migrate, which means that we're going to be keeping a close eye on it going forward. Speaking at the Ag Country Farm Credit Services Ag Focus Conference, Snodgrass says the northern states have seen an increase in the length of its frost-free season. That allows regional farmers to be a little more aggressive with early planting. That's been well-timed with great you know, advances in seed technology that have allowed for that, plus planting technology. But then you, you roll it back and say, what about precip? Well, we still have drought years, but overall, since 1980, we're up on average about three inches. A lot of it's coming from big one-off events, but there's more water in, in, in over that whole time period. So you say that, and, and what we end up getting here is that our, our, our weather systems are being more, I, I think it'd be better profiled by what we get maybe in central and southern Minnesota or parts of southeastern South Dakota or maybe even western Iowa. And that kind of change is a, a, overall a net benefit to, to growing crops in this area. In Bismarck, the House Agriculture Committee will hear two bills this morning calling for changes in the structure of the North Dakota Beef Commission. Tomorrow, the House Committee will consider legislation to update the definition of production agriculture to support the expansion of animal agriculture in the state. There's also a bill calling for the North Dakota Corn Council to contract with the North Dakota Corn Growers Association for policy development and producer education. The North Dakota Senate Agriculture Committee will take testimony this morning on a proposal dealing with property tax exemptions on farmland. It's also a bill coming before the committee providing funding for grassland grazing grants. House Bill 1369 would transfer $500 million from the North Dakota Strategic Investment and Improvements Fund to the Fertilizer Development Fund. The goal is for the state to incentivize a plant to convert natural gas to nitrogen fertilizer. Agriculture Commissioner Doug Goring testified in favor of the bill in the House Appropriations Committee. The resources to manufacture fertilizer are abundant, they're reliable, and they're cheap. Between 2000 and 2021, the price of nitrogen fertilizer increased 400%. Additionally, it's estimated that anhydrous production will need to increase by 40% 
by 2050 just to feed the world's demands. Agriculture and the public gain the biggest benefits from projects that this legislature or this bill and, and the legislature could support. Major infusion of cash is going out to farmers in North Dakota, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Ag Country Farm Credit Services President and CEO Mark Nisley made the announcement at the Cooperative's Ag Focus Conference. The Board of Directors has approved a, a cash patronage dividend of $83.5 million, which equates to that 1% uh, number that we've shared with stockholders over the years. And just really need to hit that target. And it's actually a sizable increase from the payout last year, which was $76 million. Um, and that just reflects the growth that we've had over the course of the year. So really excited about that. While it's nearly impossible to forecast fertilizer markets with so many variables at play, Stonex Vice President Josh Linville said the logistics situation is improving. Linville was on the Ag Focus program with Ag Country yesterday and said his biggest worry is if fertilizer demand holds off too long. This is the Red River Farm Network. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. New, le new legislation to update the definition of milk and allow raw milk sales in North Dakota will be under consideration this session. Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Updating state century code to define milk in the state of North Dakota is proposed in House Bill 1255. State Representative Dawson Hawley says he changed the definition to match national standards to include milk from all mammals. Currently in the North Dakota century code, we only have, as a dairy product, we only have that it comes from cows, but changes to a healthy four-legged hooved mammal because like the goat farmers, they weren't being included. So, and then I added an updated definition of milk in the century code. The previous one only had cows. So when I um, updated the milk definition, I was like, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna include the whole mammal family that produces milk and just updated to the current um, national standards. Holly says this would not change products available on the shelves in North Dakota, but that Century Code would simply not include products made from soy, almonds, or anything that wasn't a mammal. Holly says he also introduced House Bill 1515 that would allow the sale of raw milk in North Dakota, mirroring South Dakota legislation. I took the concerns that people had in North Dakota and I came up with this bill. So what this bill has is that in order for you to sell raw milk, you must be a grade A facility, you must have a grade A permit, and you can only sell to the consumer on the farm and you cannot sell it to the wholesaler or retail store. The health department and the agriculture department's worries were, well, how do you trace the contact, say, if the milk was contaminated? And if the producer would then come to the farm, you have that better um, tracking ability. House Bill 1515 has not yet been scheduled in committee. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. North Dakota Soybean Growers Legislative Liaison Phil Murphy says a bill going through the North Dakota legislature would eliminate North Dakota Soybean Council as a state entity. The North Dakota Soybean Council, which is a, a state entity since 1985, and all qualified state soybean boards, and there are USSBs. There are 31 of them, uh, and most of them are not state entities anymore. North Dakota still 
their employees, for instance, are still in, in PERS, Public Employees really, um, Retirement System. And basically the bottom line on 1501 is the board has chosen to not burden the state anymore. And if passed, that bill would allow more financial freedom with checkoff dollars. Because the North Dakota Soybean Council isn't using or utilizing any taxpayer funds, yet it still has to obey federal auditing rules, um, which are more stringent. State auditor has been put in a position where they have to audit every year. Every other commodity is every two years. But this, the feds require uh, not only a higher standard, but also every year. So the state auditor gets stuck with that, so to speak, and it's difficult and lengthy process. The Minnesota House Ag Finance and Policy Committee will meet this afternoon and review the governor's budget request for broadband. Bills dealing with pollinator research and agricultural inspection will also be heard. Record canola production in 2022 is expected to boost canola acres again this spring. Northern Canola Growers Association's Executive Director Barry Coleman says acres, uh, canola acres in North Dakota could approach 2 million. 1.8 to 2 million acre range, so I think we'll be at another record this year. And and, uh, it looks like we'll have a pretty good moisture coming, so I think we'll have a good production year. We're certainly reminding growers to be very cognizant of flea beetles in the spring when the canola is coming out of the ground, so be very vigilant in, in checking for flea beetles. Production concerns continue to support vet the vegetable oil market. You know, we've had some recent reductions in the estimates of soy production out of Argentina, um, upwards of 10 million tons of reduction from the, from the USDA estimates. So we'll see what happens there. A lot of times, I guess, people need to look at the palm oil market, too. And what's going on with palm oil that directly affects soybean and, and canola and our other oilseed markets. So and another negative thing at, at the moment is evidently Germany is is proposing cutting back on biofuels from crops, uh, which a lot of people think isn't going to happen. But that, for the, for, for the short term, seems to be kind of a negative on the market. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. A variety of bills dealing with commodity checkoff councils are uh, being heard in Bismarck in the state legislature. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more on one of those bills. North Dakota Corn Growers Association Executive Director Brenda Ulmer says legislation on tax exemptions, expanding animal agriculture, and more are on NDCGA's radar. We've been testifying and will continue to do so on a lot of uh, initiatives to advance the corn growers' interest in the state. One of them is uh, providing a sales tax exemption on the uh, construction of grain storage in the state. We have a lot of value-added ag with three new crush plants of potentially well, in the works. We're going to need our growers to be able to um, hold, hold those crops throughout the year and, and, you know, not only financially not paying that, you know, potentially thousands of dollars when they put the green bin, but it allows them more flexibility to get the best prices for their commodities. Almer is also advocating for livestock producers at the Capitol. There's a variety of changes to um, animal agriculture in the state. Some are controversial, like the uh, so-called anti-corporate farming law. Others are uh, a little easier, if you will, like creating livestock-friendly community programs, maybe helping some local governments with uh, some of the zoning and the setbacks that, that impact uh, the placement of livestock. So we'll be involved in those, uh, most certainly. You know, it's no longer like the days where I grew up on the farm where you had a couple hundred head of cattle. These days, it's 
complex. You know, there's often an integrator involved, and some of those facilities are multi-million dollars to put up. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Environmental and health groups have gone to the courts to ask the Food and Drug Administration to reconsider rules that allow farmers and ranchers to administer subtherapeutic levels of antibiotics to livestock. The Natural Resources Defense Council, Public Citizen, and other groups claim this practice is causing antibiotic resistance to increase for people. Checking markets this morning, we have Minneapolis wheat two and a half higher. That's the March contract. Nine twelve is the quote. March Chicago wheat three and a quarter higher. Hard red winter wheat March seven and a quarter higher. Corn for March a three cent gain, six seventy seven and three quarters. New crop a penny higher. Soybeans March fifteen oh eight and a half, six cents higher. New crop soybeans a fraction higher, just a half penny to the plus side. Checking in on the farm calendar, the American Sugar Beet Growers Association annual meeting will begin Sunday in Washington, D.C., and will continue through Tuesday. Uh, the Red River Farm Network will have broadcast coverage from that event. The East Polk County Crop Improvement Association has its annual meeting and program coming up uh, in McIntosh. That will be on Monday, so take note, one of their speakers Minnesota Ag Commissioner Tom Peterson. Take note for that as well. Have a great Thursday. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.